Welcome to the Philly Special Podcast. I'm Colin Rudisol here always with Kelson Hazelwood. We're talking all things Philadelphia Eagles football. And uh, this has been a pretty busy week for the Philadelphia Eagles overall. We've obviously just picked up a big win against the Bills. The trade deadline just happened today. We're recording Tuesdays. It's coming out tomorrow, which would be Wednesday, which you're hearing it for the first time. Um, but I think we're going to get everything started here with Undisputed. If you don't know what Undisputed is, it is a show on Fox Sports with uh, Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. And their special guest a couple or last week was Orlando Skandrick of the Philadelphia Eagles, or at least former Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Kelsey, I'm basically just going to run through here what he had to say. Go for uh, it. And it wasn't good. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> he didn't have a lot of good things to say about the Eagles as a whole. He, the biggest takeaway I think that he, I think the biggest takeaway everybody's getting at is the things he had to say about Malcolm Jenkins. Even though he never directly said anything about Malcolm Jenkins, because Shannon Sharp was kind of implying it the whole time. He was just saying, oh, yeah, we know, 27, he wears the C. And Orlando Skandrick just kind of nodded and agreed. Uh, but he led the conversation with things saying that he's basically, that they have selfish players on defense. And that um, specifically in that game against Minnesota, where Stephon Diggs had two really long touchdowns and he burned Reswell Douglas, um, he mentioned Razzle Douglas is a good friend of his and that it wasn't all his fault and that maybe he should have had help over the top from a certain safety, I believe were his exact words, and that these players are still living in a mentality like it's 2017 and that they're going to be 13-3 and three and everything is fine. And when you have that mentality in the locker room, then you tend not to work as hard as you should is basically what he's saying and getting at. Uh, he mentioned that players were showing up late for meetings and that came from Lane Johnson. Just really an explosion of information uh, that is pretty incriminating, I guess, to the Philadelphia Eagles defense specifically and the locker room. Uh, what, what kind of takeaways you got from that, Kelson? Uh, it's hard to, it's hard to tell what exactly you could take away from this and view it as being truthful or just um, a player being booted off a team and being kind of upset about it. The part of what he said that I think maybe there's a little truth to is the, the Super Bowl hangover thing. It, it does kind of seem like there might be some truth to that, but either way, it seemed like his comments on undisputed this week, uh, the players ended up holding a players only meeting. And it seems like some of their leaders got together and really aired things out. Um, kind of dealt with some of this stuff that's been flying around in the media. And I think that that's a big reason why this team was able to come out and get this win in Buffalo this week. They they played well overall and it looked like they just they figured some things out and it looked good. And if if Orlando Skandrick going on undisputed and talking shit about the team is what caused that, then fine. By all means. Yeah, and that uh players only meeting was the first one Malcolm Jenkins is the one that called it together. His first one he's ever had since joining the Eagles. And uh Jalen Mills actually came to defend Malcolm Jenkins with all that with a lot of things as you just said. Uh, his quote is, he's working his ass off at practice, the biggest thing that came out of it. Um, but he's also helping the scout team get reps. Uh, he's hustling every single play. And, you know, he's doing a lot of things that veterans don't usually do out there and looking like he's a young man when he doesn't have to. You know, usually veterans are kind of like, hey, I'm getting the end of my career. I've already had my stature. He's a Super Bowl champion, all that stuff. No, the kid is still trying to get better every single day. And, I think I agree with you. He's, he's such a good defensive leader, and you see him out there. And um, That video the Eagles released immediately after this, I don't know if you saw this, of Orlando Skandrick coming over to Malcolm Jenkins after he made a play and forced a fumble 
um, against the Cowboys late in the game. He's like, that's why you wear the C. You know, that's why you're the captain of this team. I got a lot of respect for you, basically, is what he was saying. So a big turn as soon as he gets kicked off the team to to have words like that. Uh, Lane Johnson did verify that uh, the comments about people being late to practice or meetings, rather, are true. And that there is somebody in the locker room that's leaking information about, you know, uh, all the information about Carson Wentz and Nick Foles and whatnot. Uh, Orlando Skandrick doesn't seem to think it's Alshon Jeffrey. He trusts what he says. I think there's some turmoil here, but I think the biggest thing to solving locker room problems is what the Eagles did against the Bills, and that's winning games. So if they can keep doing that, I think this stuff is going to fizzle out. I couldn't agree more. Um, I think coming coming out and winning against the Bills like that is a big statement towards you know shutting down all the drama inside and outside the locker room. Um, when a, when a team is losing football games, I think it's easy to focus on, you know, who's doing what and who's to blame and who's saying what and how can you make this a story. Whereas if they're winning games, you could just talk about that and, you know, that drama, I think it'll die down. I think it'll it'll go away. Yeah, and especially, I mean, it's a lot better to be celebrating in the locker room as opposed to hanging your heads and then all the shit starts to come out. But speaking of the locker room, the Eagles have a new player coming in. Uh, acquired in a trade from the Cleveland Browns here before the trade deadline is Jannard Avery. Um, I'd never heard of the guy <laughs> up until they picked him up, but I did some research on him. Uh, he is not started a single game in 2019, but he started five games in 2018. He recorded 40 tackles, a forced fumble, and had four and a half sacks. Now, he played linebacker at Memphis and Cleveland, but the Eagles have listed him on the official page as a defensive end, and I'm pretty sure that's the direction they're going to want to go to help pressure the quarterback and add to that rotation since, you know, they've lost Tim Jernigan, obviously, and Malik Jackson. So I think it's a solid pick. It's a little weird that this guy played so well in just five games, having four and a half sacks and not starting a single game in 2019. Don't you think? Yeah, that's what I was saying as well. Um, apparently he played really well with, uh, with the Browns through some of those games. And, um, even in preseason, he got some looks, and uh, I think there's a lot of Browns fans who are really confused as to why he wasn't, um, you know, getting more playing time. And I think this this is a good pickup for the Eagles. Uh, hopefully, we can take a guy who's kind of neglected there in Cleveland and do something with him here in Philly. Uh, especially, are that, I feel like that defensive line we talk about this kind of every week is they're so close. Uh, pretty often this week, obviously uh, recording, I think four sacks, but and, you know that's definitely an improvement. But you want to see that more consistently, and hopefully this is a piece that will, you know, come in and make that happen. Yeah, yeah, and they only had to give up an undisclosed 2021 draft pick, so who knows <laughs> what that is? But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm for anything. You know, I think I talked about it. I don't remember if it was last podcast or the podcast before about just having that spark, just something to change it up. And maybe getting Shenard Avery in there is exactly what that's going to do. So yeah, this isn't exactly the big the big move or the big trade I think everyone was expecting. Uh, so my question to you now, Colin, is: um, Do you think the Eagles messed up by not by not absolutely going out and getting a cornerback or a wide receiver or one of these like skill position players that everyone is claiming that we we absolutely need to be successful uh, for the rest of the season? Uh, do you feel like we will be okay going forward not doing that? And do you think uh, do you think that this is Howie Roseman and the the office showing that they they're okay with what we have? 
Um, I'm going to take the easy answer here, and that's, I think, only time will tell. (laughs) You know, it's imperative that the team is healthy to begin with, and I I think there's pros and cons to not getting that big-name player at cornerback or wide receiver. Um, Doug Peterson also seems to think that the growth is going to come from guys coming back from injuries, and, you know, we've already seen it, I think, this week, if you just take a one-game sample size with Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby. The secondary looked really good against Buffalo. And Avante Maddox is going to come back at some point very soon, maybe after the bye week even. Deshaun Jackson, more on that, spoiler, is probably going to be back sooner rather than later. And, you know, we haven't really seen what we have yet at full strength. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's going to give us an honest look at what we have at cornerback and wide receiver. Now, that could be bad because the honest look might be ugly. You know, we might see things that we don't want to see. And at least, though, we will know where we stand and we'll have time, you know, to then piece together what we need to do in the offseason. The obvious con to that is maybe this team just needs one big piece to be in the Super Bowl. And if Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman and everybody didn't make that trade to get Darius Slayton, you know, Jalen Ramsey earlier on, uh, Patrick Peterson, anybody like that to try to bring them in and help this team, then we blew it. You know, so we'll see what we get out of Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby. I really liked what I saw against Buffalo, obviously. Um, but yeah, I, I think I would have liked to have seen them at least get somebody. You know, it didn't have to be a big name, but let's just bring in somebody. You know, uh, the Saints just released a cornerback. Let's give him in for a tryout. I think they need at least one more uh, person in the secondary. But as far as wide receivers, I like Deshaun Jackson. And I think when he comes back, that pass game is going to get a little bit of a jolt. My, my one concern with Deshaun Jackson, I guess we can go ahead and jump into that a little earlier here. Um, they're saying he might come back this week, but they're saying he might have to deal with a nagging uh, nagging pain from the abdomen injury for the rest of the season. Uh, so if, if he comes back, do you think he's going to be at 100%? And like, is there some concern there that he might, that we should have brought in someone else to kind of help assist and be, you know, a little bit of relief for that deep threat? Um, I think if he's not 100%, he shouldn't be coming back. Hey, True. I mean, with the bye week right around the corner, let's get him healthy for two more weeks and then see what we got. Uh, but he seems to feel like he's doing better. So, I mean, I'll take his word for it. And I think it just depends on the price, you know, uh, uh, because the Eagles, they still have all their draft picks in this next draft, I believe. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to trade for a big name at wide receiver, I heard Mike Evans' name thrown around a couple times, somebody like that, that elite, um, it's going to cost us, you know, and we don't know for sure if it's going to work out. So it is a shot in the dark. Is it one we should have taken? Maybe, you know, again, only time will tell. Uh, I'm just hoping we don't have any more injuries, man. I think we've had yeah. the injury bug long enough and we've suffered enough that it's time for this team to be at 100% and to see what we really have. I agree with that. This this team's been plagued, and we got plagued early, so hopefully we can finish out the rest of the season um, pretty healthy rather than having all the injuries hit us right at the end, kind of like last year. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, it's nice that Jalen Mills, if I had to choose between him missing the first half of the season or the second half, I'm glad he's missing the first half and he's coming back now. And oh, same yeah. with Ronald Darby. For sure. And uh, you mentioned this already, but they did play really, really well. Uh, obviously, this game in Buffalo, there's... A lot of wind, so you know the passing game isn't normally what it would be and what they'd have to face. But I think for for getting a glimpse at the two of those guys back together on the field, it 
it was it was solid and it kind of restored some confidence for me in that secondary. Yeah, they played uh, over ninety percent of the snaps, which mm-hmm. is very reassuring. You know, yeah. that's those are clearly you know in just the two games. Well, two games for Jalen Mills and, you know, the earlier samples for Ronald Darby, they're clearly our two best cornerbacks. Right. And when they're not there, I mean, if we lose one of them, Sidney Jones, Razul Douglas, they're not going to fill in. You know, they're not good enough. We've already figured it out. The secondary has been one of the worst in the league because of it. So, yeah, I I think they're good enough to get it done. It's going to be interesting to see what happens when we play, you know, the Seahawks coming up here in a couple weeks and the Patriots after that. You know, two teams with great quarterbacks elite quarterbacks, and good wide receivers. So that's going to be the real test, I think, to see where we are as a team. Yeah, and I'm, I'm excited. Um, I won't go too much into this, but playing the Bears this week, I think, will be a, a fun test to see what we've got. Um, obviously, a lot of fire on Mitchell Trubisky right now, but even they have a pretty big weapon in Allen Robinson, and I think that'll be a good way to really see what these two guys are, are capable of. Absolutely. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that game. Let's let's roll it back a little bit and talk about sure. this game that just happened uh, against Buffalo. Obviously, a very satisfying win for the Philadelphia Eagles, and one that I think they desperately needed, considering the games that are coming up. Uh, as you mentioned, very, very windy. <laughs> Extremely windy. Uh, tough conditions. We saw guys, well, we saw us go for two at one point and not kick an extra point. Uh, the Bills went for it on fourth down a few times to avoid having to kick a field goal. And um, Jake Elliott missed his first kick, unfortunately. Yeah, as you said, uh, winds up to 20 miles per hour in this game. Um, but yeah, I, I liked what I saw overall. I guess we'll start in here with the offense. Uh, the run game was tremendous. Um, the Buffalo Bills were, you know, one of the higher ranked defenses in the league in this game. And I think Miles Sanders and especially Jordan Howard just really got the job done. And it it was great to see that. I think that Jordan Howard is something that, Philadelphia just hasn't had in a long time. Yeah, Jordan Howard has 100% rejuvenated his career in Philadelphia. We're mm-hmm. seeing things that um, he hasn't done in years, since his starting years with uh, Chicago, and things that he hasn't done ever. I mean, even in the past game, he's been catching passes and making moves. I mean, there was one run he had, I don't remember exactly when it was in the game, but it was so patient. I mean, he was just back there waiting, waiting. The hole opened up for a split second, and he hit that thing and got it for like 12 yards. Uh, 23 carries, 96 yards, and a touchdown for Jordan Howard in that game. Obviously, the huge rushing touchdown for Miles Sanders. Even Carson Wentz had a couple of really key runs in that game. Uh, This turned out to be the best rushing performance in the Doug Peterson era for the Philadelphia Eagles. And, Kelson, me personally, I hope that's kind of the route we start to take from here on out. Uh, yeah, I think that would be a really good look for this team. Um, I think with Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard, that's just such a, a dynamic duo. I I saw somewhere in an article someone referring to them as uh, the Flash and Smash Brothers, and I I love that kind oh, of yeah. dynamic for them. Uh, even the the big sixty five yard run uh, for a touchdown from Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard was a huge part of that play going in there and just absolutely demolishing a defender yeah, to open block. up that gap is that's just great if we keep that going yes i'm all for it take some of that pressure off carson yeah and it's real weird because i remember at the beginning of the season i was thinking like jordan howard's almost going to be like our like garrett blunt kind of guy you know what i'm saying like just that get that hard yard get in the end zone you know not an every down back we're going to watch miles sanders slowly start to take this role away from him 
And honestly, my head, I thought Jordan Howard might only spend a year in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. But he has very, very graciously proved me wrong, and I'm very gracious he did. <laughs> and usually I'm not a fan of the one-two punch as far as two running back sets uh, with, with, um, with teams and running their offense, but it's obviously becoming a big part of the game. We saw it with Tevin Coleman and um, Devontae Freeman last year, and now Tevin Coleman on the 49ers and their like, infinity running game that they have. Mm-hmm. And Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram last year as well. Now Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray. Uh, Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders are really, really good as a one-two punch at the running game. And I think every week it seems to get better and better. And Miles Sanders is only going to get better and better. And it's just really exciting. Definitely, in my opinion, the most exciting thing going on on the offense right now. Yeah, I agree. And like I just said, um, you know, both these backs have their own their own kind of dynamic. And the big thing for Miles Sanders that I think is helping this team out a ton is his ability to catch passes. Uh, in this game, three catches for 44 yards. He's just he's really good at coming out of the backfield and making making those plays for a team that really needs someone to catch the ball right now. Yeah, they definitely have no shortage of that need. And um, unfortunately, one guy, you know, we keep bringing him up is Zach Ertz, who's really not been participating much um, in the catch game. And it's been a pretty down year overall for tight ends as far as the top tight ends. Travis Kelsey has kind of been struggling as well. George Kittle, I think, has been all right for the most part. But, yeah, Zach Ertz, uh, his expectation is to be a top three tight end in the league, and it just hasn't been there this year. And I'm not sure why. I I don't really have a reason. Uh, You got any thoughts on it? Uh, I'm not exactly sure either. I think a lot of it can be put back on just offensive woes in general. Um and I think with with the receiving core that we've had and most of the season, I think he's been seeing a lot of double team looks. I think that's a big part of it. When when that's our biggest our biggest threat, I think it's easy for teams to be like, okay, let's just focus on that. No one else can catch the ball anyway. Yeah, I I think I think maybe a big contributor is kind of what you were alluding to is there's there's just so many mouths to feed, you know, like. Howard and Sanders are both getting involved in the pass game. Obviously, they added Dallas Goddard, who's really getting involved. He caught a touchdown uh, in this last game. We see him getting more involved every week. Excuse me. And you have um, Alshon Jeffrey that, I mean, he's supposed to be the guy. He's already supposedly, I don't know, complained about Lux. I don't know. Who knows if that's true or not. It doesn't matter. Uh, And then when Deshaun Jackson comes back, there's just a lot of mouths to feed for Carson Wentz and a guy who's only throwing, what, 24 passes? Is that right in this last game? Let me, yeah, take a peek real quick. Yeah, 24 passes. You know, it's it's hard to really share the love. Um, Carson Wentz had a good game, man. I mean, it, he's not, this whole season, he hasn't really been wowing. You know, he's not throwing 400 yards and four touchdowns or anything, but he's been consistently good at doing what he needs to do, if that makes sense. He's been the one consistent piece, I think, besides maybe Miles Sanders, uh, that this offense has had. And um, I think when the run game can play like it does, and if our wide receivers can just catch passes, he's he's going to be in for the long haul. And I think he's going to play well if we can somehow make it to the postseason. Yeah, I I think Carson played a great game on Sunday, and you don't really see it on paper. Uh, 17 for 24, 172 yards and a touchdown, and then uh, I think 30, 40 yards rushing, somewhere in there. Um, but no, he I think he did absolutely everything he needed to do on Sunday. There's not one... One thing I can look back right now and say, like, oh, Carson should have done like this differently. Uh, he played a good, all-around, complete game. 
And I think we've been seeing that a lot from him uh, this season. But I think this game on Sunday, he had he had the help on offense to actually get it done. And yeah, I think that's a really nice look going forward. I hope that continues. And I also, the other thing I want to say about him really quickly is uh, he, on Sunday, I felt like he wasn't making those kind of errant wild plays where it's like he's about to be sacked and just, you know, kind of chucks the ball somewhere trying to fit it in. Uh, you saw him actually take a few sacks, uh, throw the ball out of bounds a few times. Just, I feel like he's playing a uh, kind of smarter and a little bit safer football. And I like that going forward because I hope that means we'll have Carson Wentz on this team for, you know, a long time and he'll be healthy. Yeah. It's definitely important quality uh, for a quarterback to have. I mean, taking care of the football, I think is pretty much the number one priority uh, other than getting the end zone. But Anyways, uh, I think Carson Wentz, I looked online uh, in QBR and um, just rating, he is like top five in both of those categories, only trailing like Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson in one, I think, and only Deshaun Watson in another one. So yeah, he's really been flying under the radar this year, but is one of still one of the most high quality quarterbacks in the league. Um, Maybe when Jackson gets back, he gets that toy. I'm tired of talking about Deshaun Jackson and saying that. So <laughs> let's just make that happen so we don't look like idiots when he comes back. And That'd be great. Yeah. Um, you mentioned his rushing. I just kind of want to dive into the fourth quarter real quick, if we can, and talk about this drive that the Eagles had. Started with about 14 minutes left. And I think at this point we had a like 24-14 lead, something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was. I think that's correct. Um. Man, they just ran the ball so well in that drive and converted on third downs. And both of the third downs that they converted, at least two of them, was Carson Wentz running the football. Mm-hmm. And it, he looked really good. He looked confident when he'd tuck it away. You know, he's about to get sacked. And he just whoop, just moved right out of the way of one guy, ran right up the middle and got a first down both times. And they ended up bleeding the clock all the way down to six minutes, uh, just over six minutes, rather. And, you know, uh, they put it in the end zone at the end of the day with the Jordan Howard one-yard run, and that that put the game right out of reach, uh, 31-13. So, obviously, it wasn't 24-14. But, yeah, it's it's just – that's inspiring. I wish they could play like that all the time and just have these really long, drawn-out drives. We've just come a long way from the Chip Kelly era where it was just like – as quickly as possible, you know, let's get to the line, let's run a play, then do it again and again and again until we get in the end zone, and it only takes, like, 20 seconds. Right. Uh, this was this was nice. I, I wish they could do this more. Yeah, that drive, I, I wanted to bring that up as well. Uh, it seemed like everyone got involved on it, and I agree with you. Carson looking really confident and sliding at the right time, not trying to do too much, uh, and just getting getting the needed yards, and I think that's all you can ask, and I, I hope that's a, a formula and something we, we see more and more going forward. Yeah, I mean, this is a super quality win. We already talked about it a little bit. Um, let's uh, let's flip things over to the defensive side of the ball. What do you say? Yeah, sure. Um, the first thing I want to say about the defense in this game is they came out aggressive and they did not stop. Uh, there's four sacks in this game and a lot of pressure on Josh Allen. Uh, a couple fumbles or cause, but even then after the play, you saw some guys, you know, kind of, you know, John and shoving and stuff like that. And, you know, not always a good look, but I liked it in this game because I feel like the Eagles really needed a common enemy. Uh, 
I think it's really good for a team when, you know, some of the drama and things that are happening throughout the week, if, you know, if they can stop directing some frustrations at each other and just, for, you know, direct it at the, the team you're playing, I think that that makes a huge difference. And I loved, you know, the aggressiveness by everyone out there, specifically Malcolm Jenkins. And I, I liked what Jim Schwartz did. I felt like, I felt like the defense was with it, you know, pretty much most of the game. You know, they gave up, you know, some points, but nothing you can really just look back on and be too upset about, in my opinion. Yeah, usually you give up 13 points you expect to win most yeah. times. I mean, unless it's just a real low-scoring game. But, yeah, I, I think the Eagles most times have put up more than 13 points in a game. So this is good. And I think my biggest focus was the secondary. I, I think... uh having Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby out there makes a huge difference. And it's easy to say now it was the Buffalo Bills. It was one game. I mean, who knows going forward what's going to happen. But in that one game, you know, we only gave up 169 passing yards. Uh, John Brown got us 54. He's obviously their best wide receiver. He's been getting over 50 yards almost every game. I think he's done it. The only other player that's done it more is um, Michael Thomas. Uh, There are the only two guys that have like multiple 50 yard games since the beginning of the season. But other than that, Cole Beasley had 41 yards, and it just came from two big plays. Uh, Devin Singletary had 30 yards, and that just came from one big touchdown pass. That was just pretty disappointing, that whole drive as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, man, I mean, that, those are good numbers. If we can keep it at 169 yards passing every single game, I think that's going to bode really well for the Philadelphia Eagles going forward. And other than that, it's just getting pressure on the quarterback, which I also think they did a really good job on. Uh, as you mentioned, the four sacks. Obviously, the strip fumble by Brandon Graham, which was massive, setting us up to get us ahead at halftime. I think that was really when the tide of this game shifted. Um, and that guy, if I could choose one MVP of the defense, it's it's definitely him. Yeah, uh, week, so, week in and week yeah. out, he has been huge for us. And um, a few more numbers here. We held Frank Gore to 34 yards on only nine carries, but Frank Gore normally gets more than that. Josh Allen outrushed him, having 45 yards on eight carries. I, I think we did a really good job of just the Bills couldn't really get anything going, uh, especially in the second half. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we took control of this game, took it by the horns. Um, I think the biggest point of emphasis for me, uh, and it more came in the first three quarters, two and a half quarters, is uh, third downs. We got to get off the field on third down, man. I mean, they were 6-10 to 10 at one point on third down, and two of those came from third and fourteen. They converted on third and 14s. One was the touchdown pass to Cole Beasley, which was on third and eight. And the other one was the touchdown pass to Devin Singletary, which was on third and 13. You know, we're not even talking about 31 to 13 if we get off the field on those two. I mean, on a windy day like that, they might have had, they might have only had three points. They might have been 31 to three at the end of the day. So that's something that's got to get addressed. And to be fair, they did do better uh, in the next quarter and a half, including getting off the field on a couple of fourth downs which is huge, always. Uh, really nice play by Ronald Darby, I can remember, on one, just sticking like glue to John Brown the whole way. So, yeah, defense stepped up, and the Bills don't have the best offense, in my opinion. So it's going to be interesting to see, as I said, what they're going to do to uh, teams like the Bears coming up and then the Patriots and the Seahawks. So, yeah, but definitely a good first test in a game that the Eagles needed to win. So very happy with the defense. For sure. Um, the other... If I had to have one other knock on this this defense in this game, there's still some missed tackles. I think definitely need to be cleaned up. Yeah, uh, 
specifically what comes to mind is uh, right before the, the half, we had Josh Allen all but sacked, and he managed to run and put them in pretty good field goal position. Had the win not been a factor, I think that's three more points. Doesn't keep us from winning this game or anything, but it's just you know a small little nitpick. We gotta we gotta make those tackles. That could that could definitely come back to hurt us later on. But yeah, I I agree with you. I think this is a good a good first test getting those guys back on the field, and hopefully we build on it uh, going into these next few games. Um, speaking of which, you want to go ahead and talk about the Bears a little bit? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I guess I'll start. Sure. So. Um... Uh, my first initial impression when I saw this game on the schedule was like, okay, yeah, well, we're talking about two teams, the Eagles and Bears that were played each other in the playoffs, obviously had the parky doink situation, but two teams that were really on the rise that were just, you know, destined for greatness. The Eagles offense with Carson Wentz, the Bears defense with Khalil Mack, and both have just flopped for lack of a better word up till this point. They're just kind of fumbling through. Now, with that being said, I think the Eagles are starting to find their footing a little bit, especially since players are getting more healthy. And the Bears, on the other hand, are still kind of riding this slippery slope of kind of trying to figure out who, what their identity is. They've got a quarterback that's struggling to pass uh, and you know working on his accuracy. Uh, the defense is getting put into awkward situations where teams are really close to scoring before the defense even gets out there. And the coach is just having a hard time coaching <laughs> overall for lack of a better word mm-hmm. uh and what it all comes down to again for me is these six games and these two wins kelson these six <laughs> games in a row we need to get two wins this has opened up as the window where we need to win this game against buffalo or chicago i almost said buffalo we already won against buffalo because it's going to be tough to beat new england it's going to be tough to beat the seahawks they're both top five teams in the league and there's no real shame in losing to them. I hope we can beat them, and I think we can, but uh, this is the game that we need to win to get ourselves looking at a 10-6 and six record. And I like the matchup that we have because Trubisky has been very inaccurate on deep balls, uh, which is our biggest struggle, I think, on defense. Obviously, we saw this Stephon Diggs, and you know it's just been a problem. And if we can force... If we can get inside, if we can use, you know, Avery and this new look defensive line to get in there and force some pressure, make him make some bad decisions, maybe get a couple of turnovers uh, and set our offense up for success against this defense that is very good, even with, you know, their losing record, that the Eagles might make some real good work against the Bears in this game. Um, I think we can win. I think we're going to win. And I think we're going to hand them a pretty good loss. I've got the Eagles 31-10 to 10 at home against the Bears. Okay. Uh, here, here's my thoughts. And a lot of them, I think, are, are kind of similar. Uh, the Bears aren't really playing inspiring football right now by any means. Um, and I think, I think they have some issues of their own. I think one of the big ones is they don't trust Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, and he hasn't really given them a, given them a reason to yet. Uh, you saw at the end of their their game on Sunday, uh, they they got down got down the field and had some time left to run another play, but they they decided not to, uh, not even to center the ball for their kicker, and that ended up he missed the kick and it lost them the game, and they just I don't know it's just kind of the same old woes for Chicago right now. Um, that being said, their defense is always really good and something that 
you know, you got to be careful when, when you're playing them. Once again, we have Philadelphia playing at home. Uh, we might be getting Deshaun Jackson back. Uh, and I think Philadelphia is on the rise while the Bears are still kind of stagnant or you could argue declining. Um, I, I agree with you. I think, I think Philly takes this one. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what the defense does against that offense. And I'm excited to see if the offense can uh, keep going what they did last week against uh, a better defense. But yeah, I think Eagle, Eagles win. And for me, I had 34-24. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, I think this is a, this is almost a must-win for Chicago. I mean, they're, you know, you look at Green Bay, and then you look where Minnesota is, and now even Detroit is knocking on the door in that division. Like, the Bears are on the outside looking in for sure. So they're going to come ready to play, and hopefully we are too. Um. I think one thing we didn't touch on that I need to go back to is uh, the injuries. Uh, looks like Deshaun Jackson and Darren Sproles are going to be practicing Wednesday, which is great news. Hopefully that means we're going to get closer to getting both of those guys back. Uh, Nigel Bradham, Tim Jernigan, and Jason Peters, uh, according to Doug Peterson, both need a little bit more time. So maybe after the bye week we can start talking about them. Um, there's something else I wanted to add, too. Uh, I think after this game, too, and including this game, just – the test that we're going to get both with the offense from the Bears defense uh, because they're so good at stopping the run already. So, I mean, that might mean Carson Wentz has to air the ball out a little bit more. So it's going to be interesting to see how we switch the dynamic and the narrative to maybe the pass game next week. Um, And then the secondary is going to be tested, I think, in the deep ball from Taylor Gabriel next week and then everything with New England and Seattle. So I'm excited to see where the Eagles are going to stand within the next four weeks, I guess, when you count the bye week, uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah. I think that this is definitely the, uh, the biggest test, uh, we have in, in our schedule this season is these three games right here, the bears, the Patriots, the Seahawks. Um, and I don't think there's a better time for us to be hitting these three games. Uh, we're getting some people back on injuries from injuries, like we've talked about. Um, and I think that the dynamic is settling down. I think if we come out, I think we can play a good game against Chicago, and I think we can win it. And I think that that is the momentum we need to go and play the Patriots and the Seahawks, which are the two toughest teams I think we, we play all season. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to work out. Um, I'm feeling definitely more optimistic now than I was after Minnesota and after Dallas. So once again, that's going to do it for us here on the uh, Philly Special Podcast. Um, one piece of pretty big news uh, we want to touch on before we wrap up here. We are moving off of SoundCloud. We are now going to be on Spotify, uh, like a real podcast, and hopefully also Apple Music. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully that makes it easier for everyone to uh, listen to the podcast. Um, that being said, we're looking forward to a good game against Chicago this weekend. Uh Hopefully a Philadelphia W. Um, I think we're building off some good things, and I think it's going to be a good week. Uh, Until then, as always, please have a good one.